welcome back to Salty Lent and Spiritually Fit. If this is your first time coming, I'm sure glad you're here. I'm your hostess, Brandy Leonard. It is such a pleasure to be here today with my dear friend, Karen Thurgood. So Karen is an influential and very active member of our community in Altus, Oklahoma, and she is beautiful and full of wisdom. She's been a light in this community unto myself and many other women that have gathered around her to lean and glean. If you ask me, I think she's a, a a beautiful display of a Titus II woman. So we'll find five characteristics of a Titus II woman um, in in Titus II, if you want to go and, and pull that up. First, they seek God first. <laughs> they speak faithfully. They show true beauty. They stay humble and they serve the Lord. Those are our five takeaways from that Titus II woman. And I see all of those characteristics in Karen. So I invited her to be here on the podcast. So without further ado, welcome to the podcast, my friend. Thank you. I appreciate you inviting me. Absolutely. I'm honored that you're here. I'm happy that we get to unpack a little life that we've shared together since my arrival in Althus just a little over a year ago. I think you were one of the first people I met in person outside of the gates of my community. (laughs) I think that's correct. And you were a little, um, what would you call it, um, confused about this community. It it takes a little getting used to, but there's a lot of good to it. There is so much good. And through that time, I have been able to experience a lot of that um, in that growth of the community and getting to see it as its whole folk, instead of just focusing and hyper-focusing in that critical area of the little small places that can sometimes be a little asswords. <laughs> right, right. Because <laughs> if we're honest, aren't we all a little asswords from time to time? <laughs> That's true, too. <laughs> it is true. And we hope that people see the good and the, and the, the whole picture as opposed to picking apart the little pieces. Absolutely. Absolutely. We had just moved um, when we came here to Alphys. We, this is our 10th duty station, so we're a military family. And so if you're joining for the first time, you a little spin up on myself is I'm a U.S. Fair, Air Force veteran myself. My husband is active duty currently as we're recording um, in real time. And Karen is also a prior military spouse. And so there's a lot of military in our community. The community gathers around the large uh mission of the Air Force Base that's here in our in our space. Um, and a lot of the services are there to serve our community and the and the transient community, which True. is what we're part of. We came from San Antonio, Texas, and I was perfectly com- perfectly comfortable there. And as would be, uh, the Lord shook that up a little bit, but we hadn't been there even two years. And then prior to that, less than two years. And prior to that, less than two years. And so I think I was just a little tired of getting shaken. And to be honest with you, I was in a season of life that was so sweet. Right. I was in a sweet season, a sweet space, and this move felt really abrasive. <laughs> and this this location is um, is interesting when you start looking around southwest Oklahoma, small town. Um, there's not a lot out there as far as big and exciting things you have to look a little closer for your fun and excitement and of course our weather is uh, interesting at the best (laughs) yes i like your word interesting (laughs) i said extreme because it can be really really cold and unbelievably hot (laughs) exactly and so depending on when you get here uh you're either looking around going, oh my gosh, is it going to be like this for the rest of the winter? 
or you're sitting there going, I'm melting and it's only 90 and they say it's going to get to 110. <laughs> yes. So and we arrived right as the summer was roaring. Mm -hmm. We came from San Antonio heat, which is pretty similar. Right. But there's something about Southwest Oklahoma. We just seem a little closer to the sun. <laughs> I think so. And we have that abrasive wind that's almost I, constant <laughs> i was gonna say i think that has a lot to do with it the wind never stops blowing no and, and it can feel like a blow dryer in your face <laughs> exactly exactly so even though we're here in the midst of, of the harsh weather that we definitely have to temper ourselves in because there's no turning it down or, or no up or off there's no, no. thermostat control for us out there but we're here creating community and I think that you are a curator of community. Well, thank you. Yes. And as a curator of community myself, or what I resonate with, is that you're a people finder. Oh, I love people. You and do. <laughs> I, I, I don't walk into a room of strangers ever. I'm going to find somebody. I'm going to find more than one person. And we're going to have a conversation and I'm going to learn about them. And they're definitely going to end up learning about me. And I don't know whether they always appreciate it, but I do. I always enjoy talking to people and finding out what their lives are like and what they've done. So. And that is your very extroverted self out in the community, but you, I knowing you a little bit better and just surface level at this point in our experience and relationship of unpacking and unfolding, you have a very great balance that you honor. You go home and you live a pretty quiet life at home in your space. It's a very, it's a very special space to you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Me and my nine animals. Oh, excuse me. 10 animals. <laughs> I just end up fostering another dog. <laughs> so she has a very full home full of lots of animals to love on and share on, which shares a huge part of her heart, which is what we're going to really kind of communicate on today. We're going to talk a little bit about life, a lot about service, and a lot about love. So Karen has this big heart for animals, and I met her at the experience of the Altus Animal Welfare Association. And so we're going to talk a little bit about the organization, but mainly the role in it and how Karen came to be such a big part, what she does there, and how she connects with our community and the heart of it. Not just the transient community that's coming in and out, but she puts us to work too. But she anchors in on the needs of the community and the needs of the animals in such a loving and tender way. Karen, tell me a little bit about what you do at AWA. Um, our goal is low-cost spay and neuter and vaccinations. That's what the whole organization started with way back. Um, we try to reach out to not only our community, but the small communities around us and provide a way for these people to be able to have their animals um, spayed or neutered and then stop the overpopulation of animals. It is a huge, huge problem in Oklahoma and in a lot of states right now. And we've got to come to a way of putting this to a stop, to a halt. Not because I don't love little animals. I love little animals. 
But when you have community cats on every block in your city, and I'm not talking about one or two, I'm talking about colonies that are 20 and 30. And those animals are having animals. And it's we've got to find a way to put an end to the overpopulation because like a responsible era. We are right. in a responsible era now. And we're talking about stewardship. And, yes. And I think this is a great segue to talking a little bit about stewardship and how God created. He created the animals of this earth and he created us and told us to multiply and to be fruitful, right? To be fruitful and multiply. Right. And he talks about how we have, he gave Adam himself the dominion over all the animals and the fish of the sea. Everything in this kingdom belonged to him. He had purpose to name each and every one of them, to get to know them tenderly. Animals are meant to be beheld and beloved. They're not meant to be neglected and rejected and thrown out onto the streets. Right. We do have an animal shelter in our community that helps with the rescue side of the house. But you're doing a preventative service. And you encourage people to even bring in animals that are strays that they see and they find. And you help connect them with the service of low-cost spay and neuter so that we can stop that overpopulation. And we can help prevent this tragedy from continuing to spread, which ultimately is that these animals are not being cared for and loved. And they're not just nuisance to the community, but they're actually can be very sick and very manged and very inflicted and afflicted and not want to be humanized at a certain point. They don't want to have a connection. And that's really tough when they grow to be feral, when they're born into that feral lifestyle and they grow to be feral, it's really hard to bring them back into the fold. It's not impossible. But it it takes lots and lots of work. And at this point in time, unfortunately, Too many people um, are not taking responsibility. They don't want to really take the responsibility of doing a spay or neuter. So you're talking about a dog that has 12 puppies and maybe they can find homes for four or five of them. And then they'll take the rest of them and just dump them out in the country. Well, what people are not thinking about is that those animals don't have a chance. Um, You can't expect the people that live in the country to take them because they have their own animals. And even if they could... 90% of them aren't even going to make it that far because you've got, you've got foxes, you've got coyotes, you've got wolves, you've got other dogs, you've got all of these things that that puppy is probably not going to make it more than 48 hours. Yeah. Ultimately placing them into the hands of a predator. Yeah. and, And making them prey. Right. That's exactly right. It's really tough because if you're financially in a place where caring for one animal is a tough strain on your finances, and then your animal has a litter of puppies, and then you, even if you want to do the responsible thing and get them what you believe is the most responsible thing that we can do is ban neuter and watch out for their reproductive health, not only to stop the population, but also to 
to prevent them from other illnesses, which we can unpack too. The benefits of having your animals spayed and neutered are significant. We'll place right. those for our readers and our listeners um, on my website. We'll place that on our Facebook page with the release of this episode so that they have that access to this resource and to some national wide resources. And then of course our locals can have access to you and we'll make sure your website gets put down there for Thank you. That's the animal. Because I really think that we we as a population don't think about it as a population issue. We don't think of it as a whole issue. But if our brothers and sisters are struggling in their household with one and then they have a litter of six and they can't even say the one, they don't stand a chance to really spay the six. That's exactly and correct. In our community, you could pull up a social media site right now. You could probably find 10 animals that are in the, pro- or tr- are in the process of trying to be rehomed. Right. But if the community is already taxed <clears throat> and the community already has these animals, it doesn't matter how cute that animal is or their track record with children or humans or whatever. We also have restrictions. Like for us that we live in, you know, a housing area that has restrictions on how many animals that we can have in our home, you know, so people like you with a a huge heart and and space available and resources available to take on more than one animal or two animals at a time. That's far and few in between. Right. So you would do a greater good and a greater service by being a part of the Alpha's Animal Welfare Association, where you invite teams of people to come in and connect with resources. Some of those resources is to ensure that they have the education piece of being able to make informed decisions right, and connecting with resources in case of an emergency. If they had an emergency service for a dog, an animal, cat, a pet, a horse, like we do horses too, and all of that, that all filters in and through you, which I think is a remarkable resource. But I think what you do even more the best out of all of that is you do the connection piece. We try to. We try to connect with the people and get them to the place that they need to go to get help, to get the resources. If they aren't our resources, if it's not the actual spay and neuter, there are places that they can go. It's getting hard, though. I will be honest. The shelters are awful. The rescues are awful that's not just here no it is not corner of of america in southwest oklahoma that is a nationwide issue it's getting harder and harder to find homes it's going to get harder and harder and some of those big ticket funding items are getting scared really difficult and they're getting to be really tough for smaller organizations to get any sort of reprieve or funding for correct I'm going to do a a plug here just to know that Karen and I and many other board members that are uh, working with AWA and community members, we're praying right now very actively, very fervently that a veterinarian, a veterinarian and a vet would come our way that would be willing to, to come alongside our mission and help support this on a, you know, on a somewhat frequent basis or at least, in a scheduled in a scheduled manner so if you're one of those if you feel called to this if you have that if you have that education behind you and you have that experience and that is you and that is the speaking to you we would love for you to connect with us so that we can continue and even further the mission that we have we don't want to leave this corner this podcast 
you know, open to just saying these are the problems and these are the things we are also actively seeking many solutions and one of them is bringing a vet tech team on board um, in a pro bono manner. Yes, um, we actually have um, a small clinic here. Yes. Unfortunately, at this point in time, we can only get a vet team down here once a month. Right. And that only allows us to be able to do um, low-cost spay and neuter and, and vaccinations and things like that once a month. We do have a secondary program where, thanks to Oklahoma Humane out of Oklahoma City, we are allowed to send a group of animals to their clinic and they do the spay and neuter and the, um, the vaccinations. Um, but again, that is a once a month thing. So we're only allowed to do this twice a month because we simply don't have the resources to do it more often than that. So it, it does make it a little more difficult. Our local shelter is starting a brand new program. They've just begun it and they are trying to help um, with this a little bit. And you can approach them and they will um, have you fill out their application and they may be able to take your animal and get it spayed or neutered for the low cost as well. Um, but it, it's still, that's, you know, that's a very small number of animals that we're able to serve right now. And we have a huge number of animals that need these services. And all of those animals are tied to someone who cares, who's trying to live out that calling to exactly. be a steward over what they've been given dominion. Right. And oftentimes we find, and I think everybody as frequently as we find someone who comes in with their own personal animal is a person who comes in with someone else's animal. On, yep. their, on their behalf, trying to help stand in this gap. So Karen, it can be very discouraging and a hefty amount of work that is done. But anytime that lives are on the line or we're talking about people's sources of comfort here on this earth, like an animal can bring so much comfort and so much love. And as a pet owner, I understand that like my dogs are everything. We're recently having lost a dog that we've just walked through this mm. with you and we're in grief over that and over that life of 13 years that we shared with her, that's a significant amount of time here on the side of heaven. It can be terribly tough to navigate this go round, but we look forward to the future and we're grateful for the time that we had with her. Right. As we're moving through this though, we are tying into people's personal stories and their connections. We, a lot, a lot of times we hear how Absolutely. they came to be the vet owner, how they found their dog, how they adopted this cat, how they were given this, or what that story is, often beyond just the relationship of them and an animal. It tends to, commu to intertwine in the community. How do you, and what do you say to, to volunteers who find themselves getting discouraged in this situation where it feels like the work is not enough? Or it feels like the numbers will never be on our side. The, the main thing that we try to always emphasize is we, 
unfortunately cannot save every one of them. We cannot provide services for every one of them. But if you have an animal and you are part of that animal's lifestyle or lifetime, you're doing such an amazing job with that one creature. You're, you're talking on that moment, right. in that moment right here, right now, that connection with the owner or the person who's brought them in is overseeing their care and right. that particular animal. You're in that moment fully aware. Right. Yeah. And, and you have to understand um, if, if you reach out for a pet, for an animal, the number one thing you have to understand is that animal's life is not going to be as long as yours, but that doesn't right. mean that that animal, that you're not enriching that animal's life and they are definitely an enrichment for yours. hundred percent. So. And all the journey and the ups and the downs, the ins and outs, and just with any life, there can be some unpredictable circumstances that come your way or happenstances illnesses do happen resources are available for that right Karen how do you connect with the volunteers themselves as they're coming in it's more than just I will say as a personal volunteer in many of your events it's definitely deeper than just come in sign in sit down <laughs> I I again I, I love being around people I love being with people and anybody that is willing to take a portion of their time and come and help us with one of our many aspects of volunteering. It's, it's wonderful. It's a great way to get to know people. It's a way to open your heart. And it's really funny because um, animal connections, having animals, having love for animals, talking about animals, it's, just opens you up to another part of life that is just so positive. Um, it's a touch point. It is. When you it's, get to know something, it's just like anything else in this life, right? If you have a sport that you love or a team that you follow exactly. or a hobby that you really connect with or uh, principles or values that you really just hone in on, when you find other like-minded people who you can share that with, it is enriching. It, it enriches is. your own life. Yes. Absolutely. And then you create this community. Yep. So it's never really one thing. No. You're in that moment. And when you're in that moment, that moment's everything. You're you're in that moment for the right reasons. Your heart is there, your motives are pure, and you're serving as service is for service value. Right. And and you're praying that their ripple effect will be great right so you can't look to the left or to the right you must stay the course with what you're doing and not worry about the outcomes of, of what might have been could have been should have been so you talk a little bit about narrative right you were talking a little bit about narrative exactly don't be discouraged in that work or those numbers or when the grants don't come it doesn't negate that you're showing up and doing what you're called to do in this moment in time and i know there's got to be people who are listening right now or will listen to this episode that have gone and they've poured their hearts their souls and their very being their talent out into organization one or multiple right 
to leave feeling rejected or unappreciated. What do you say to those? What do you say to that when they have that deep discouragement about them and they're afraid to come back out and serve again? Um, I say, come on over. You're and, welcome. And yeah. right, we <laughs> we never turn a volunteer away, and I think that you'll find a different atmosphere. I think that you'll feel a different way because I can't. I can tell you right now that I appreciate every one of the volunteers, every one of the people that come out to help us. And believe me, as you well know, not all of the jobs are easy jobs. Yeah, some of them can be right downright yucky. Right. <laughs> I mean, we're talking animals here, yeah, people. Yeah, some can be yucky. Yes. Some of it weren't just the cuddle power, although that is part of it, too. That is. That is. Yeah. And when you know that you've helped that little animal and you've made their lives better. And when you see the family. When you see the, yes. right. Or... Um, of course, we, we do the, um, in conjunction with our Pets for Life program, we have the handouts that Humane Society and Chewy make available to us in our community so that we can distribute food and, and um, supplies, other supplies yeah. that animals need. And that's what we were doing yesterday and we we pass those out to not just our community but to all the small towns that were are within our five um county area right and these so people can hope here in altis right and we're a small community ourselves relatively yes but yet we act as and serve as a hub for many many more rural towns right for resources they can't get in their town because numbers don't support it or infrastructure doesn't support it uh, we're a farming community ourselves and a lot of our outlying areas do exactly that they right farm. Yeah. right and you have a lot of people that you know don't have large incomes yeah but they that doesn't mean they don't love their animals and don't want to take care of their animals in so large ways so we're also right. going to plug down for you guys a way that you can support financially should you choose to come alongside our mission there's ways that you can give um virtually right from your computer and there's also a, we have a facebook page that you can follow along to access some of that information and even absolutely and even potentially pick up the torch and carry this in this <clears throat> rescue operation this meeting people where they are, low-cost band neuter, you can pick Karen's brain and the staff's <laughs> brain, the, the volunteer's brain, about how that works and see what they're doing. And it may be something that you can echo into your community. We're going to go ahead and shift our, our call into what, what does service mean to you? Service means to me um, connecting with other people. I am a person that wants to be involved. I can't just sit around at my house and watch TV all day. However, I'm a good TV watcher, but... Um, <laughs> I think we can all agree there are seasons that pull us into you. <laughs> absolutely. But I have to be out around people. I have to be able to talk. I have to be able to listen. Um, and that's a biggie. Even when you're volunteering, listening is a big part of it. But 
just being active with other people and with your community and with the things that are out there and available. Um, you need to do that. You always need to be involved. When I retired from work, I retired during COVID and I had to sit at my house for four and a half months. COVID was a tough time for many. Those yes. who were still actively employed were being called to work remotely for the very first time. Our children were being sent home from public educations and private schools to, to school at home virtually. Yes. Everything was very constricted during that time. It was new. It was different. I think a lot of us agree that that was a time where everything was very confusing and exhausting. Well, and I think that one thing that it taught all of us is that we are not isolated individuals. Right. We are community. People have to have people in order to be active and grow and be happy. Uh, you cannot shut yourself into a an apartment or a house or a, a location with no other people around and be happy it it just doesn't work and that's tough because we do know that there this episode could be potentially reaching you know individuals who are shut in in their homes for medical reasons they right. may they may find themselves in a season of isolation Perhaps they're undergoing treatment of some sort or they have a condition that prevents them from getting out there and they, they want to live full, embrace lives as well. There is a season for everything. I would agree to that wholeheartedly. If your body is able and your mind is able and there are needs to be met, yes, then it is a great and natural fit for us to get out and meet those needs, right? Absolutely. It is. Yeah. Absolutely. And if you are shut in, um, we have the advantage now of having the internet. Absolutely. There are still so many generative ways. Reach out to a community that has interests that are similar to yours. And if you just start with one person, start with one person and have a conversation. And you will be amazed at how much better you feel when you open that door and you allow yourself to be part of what's going on around you. Um, the job that I do, <laughs> I, I don't have any salary for the job that I do. Right. And I have been asked by multiple people because I worked full time until I retired. And they're like, you're working harder now than you worked when you were working and being paid for it. <laughs> and I think the volunteers on the other side of this, and they're listening to us right now, they're probably saying a big yes and amen. A, it, Service work often comes un, unnoticed. Right. And underpaid or not paid at all. Exactly. Because it is an act of service, an act of kindness, an act of progression. You're pouring in in hopes of bettering someone's life of meeting them where they are of right. connecting however you're able providing some type of a service or a resource that betters our community that is the real work of the heart isn't it that it, it absolutely is it's how we carry our torch and the image and what our values are 
forward, and it's often a time of ministry. Exactly. And it gives you that opportunity to really express your um, talents for something and in the way of something that you love. So through freedom, through freedom. Yeah. And you're choosing to be there. Right. You're choosing to, I mean, we all have vocation. We all have needs. Monetary money can be a tool, a tool to provide for your family, a tool to enrich your family's life, a tool to build up communities and, and school our children and to feed our bellies and build you know, a beautiful place to live for everyone. Yes, right. that money has a place in our society. But when you choose to be a volunteer, you're choosing to express yourself in an unpaid way with freedom. You know what you're getting into. You get in there. Right. Oftentimes, it's just an expression of self, like you had mentioned, an expression of your talents, right? Right. It's something that you love and that you want to be involved with, and you're doing it because the payback that you get from it is the self-worth that you feel when you have accomplished the job. There's nothing that can pay me more than that feeling that I have helped this group. I have opened my heart in order and helped everybody to uh, benefit from whatever I'm doing. And that is abundance. That is an abundance so. mindset. You go in, you pour yourself out, and you are filled right back up. Absolutely. It may take a couple of days to, to let it all sink in. And yeah, I have, to, I have to sleep the day after yeah. the big events. But, you know. <laughs> it may take a couple of days to let it ruminate in your mind and in your heart to really work it out and unpack it. But the, it's impactful work. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and um, my mom, my mother lived until she was 88 years old. Amazing. And right up until she passed, she was always active in some kind of something. She'd go out and she'd walk around Walmart and talk to people, if nothing else, because she wanted to stay involved in the world and in her community. And that's what kept her young. That's generative living. That is it at its finest. She stayed connected, wanted to remain connected, was aware of the community events, and yep. she served as often as frequently as she was able to do in whatever capacity she was able to do it in. I love to hear that your mother lived an unlimited yep life regardless of where our health was or her age we will all age and we will all endure health issues or health um, setbacks ebbs and flows right right it's hard to say this is as good as it will ever be or this is as bad as it will ever be because praise the lord we never stay stagnant unless we choose to be stagnant exactly. because the world around us is going on. People in our family are growing. Babies don't keep elderly go on to, to be generative and eventually leave this space. And while they're here in our presence, what a beautiful blessing they are just as you are to me and the community around you, you yeah. create a space for, for the youth 
in our junior highs and our high schools to come and be a part of, and you create a space equally as welcome for those silver-haired, special, wise community that we have in our in our town to come and be a part of. And we have a job for everybody. And, Absolutely. And that's what's so beautiful about service to me is that your mom had a space in it. I have a space in it. You have a space in it. My children have a space in it. Every person in this world has a space in a community that's built for them. And that space gets built for them when they enter into the space that's there. Right. And they bring their unique talents and energy and they use their time to serve others. And it does create a, a space that's more welcoming to others to come in who might resonate with that volunteer versus the mission itself. It's amazing how it can't be separated. Right. And we could talk at great lengths about how we just keep getting interwoven and intertwined and we see the work in our community. But we connect when we connect at a source a pain point for someone else, no matter what that is, some area that they are in need of or service area, or we connect with the interest of them. It gives us an opportunity to connect with them in other areas of their life too. And then all of a sudden you realize all of these service organizations that have different names and different funding sources and different stakeholders are all serving an audience of one, the right. one who needs it. Right. And people are showing up for that one reason. The and audience of one, we're meeting them in a, an example of Jesus where he left the 99 and he goes for the one. We are serving that one so that the 99 remain healthy and they all remain connected. That and is they correct. get what they need. There's such equity in service. There's such a heart for community of saying, I'm for you. There's such an expression of love. Right. Well, says, I'm so grateful, Miss Karen, that you were here with me today and that we unpacked service. And there is a scripture that came to my heart as we were talking about your mother. And here you are living out that example to you. And I, having just turned 40 this past September, will say that I understand I am starting to get sparkles of my own, which is what I call my gray hairs. I'm starting to get right. my creases of wisdom, which is what I call these lines on my <laughs> eyes. Like I am earning the markers of this flesh that say that I am old, but that doesn't necessarily mean I'm wise unless I sit with the wise, which I'm doing today with you. Oh, well, thank you. And I sit under the instruction ultimately of our savior where it's all planned out for us all. It's all pinned out a great, beautiful, bountiful life awaits. Right. Service isn't a have to. It's another get to. It's an opportunity to give the best of us and receive as well. And so Psalm 71, 18 came to my mind and it says, oh, actually um, 18 and 19. Even when I'm old and gray, do not forsake me, my God, till I declare your power to the next generation, your mighty acts to all who come. Your righteousness, God, reaches the heavens. You who have done great things, who is like you, God? What an opportunity for you to express your love and the kindness that you've seen here on this earth and give Absolutely. it to the next generation. Absolutely. And not just say it, but show Be it. Be involved. Yeah. Be involved. Well, as we're closing out, do you have any tips for our listeners if, they, if they're if they finding themselves strapped for time or if they don't think they can add one more thing in? If you if you're at that point where you're like, I don't have five minutes to myself as it is, 
I'm not saying go out and do something that takes every bit of your time. But when an opportunity presents, maybe it's nothing more than taking a dish to a potluck at church or getting together for lunch with a group of friends when you know that some of them are having a hard time. Take 10 minutes and go and do these things. It will enrich your life. It will make a difference in the way that you see your life. And ultimately, it will provide you with that opportunity to connect with one person, five people, your community, and that's going to enrich your life. Absolutely. Sage advice, my friend. Thank you so much for being here. on are very welcome. Spiritually fit. Would you like to stick around while we close out in prayer? Absolutely. Our Father God, we thank you so much for this beautiful day in this gathering space where we could be here on this platform to talk to our friends near and far. Lord, you have a heart of service, and that is shown time and time again from page one of scripture to the very end, Genesis to Exodus. We understand you more and more as we unpack you in action and we apply your principles to our life. Thank you for opportunities to serve others, to be the hands and feet of you. May our eyes be wise and open to see and may our ears hear what is good and lord let us not neglect doing good for others lord and taking action in this moment that we have we know that there are no more minutes than what you've ordained for our life and we are not the keeper of such may we use them wisely may we be fruitful in all that we do and may we remember that we've never been forsaken that our needs have been met and it's a great honor to meet the needs of others in jesus name we give you praise Amen. Amen. Let's light it up, my friends. I can't wait to hear what you think about serving, where you are with serving, what your thought is on volunteering, and how we can continue to serve our community. Until next time. Bye. Bye.